Hello, and welcome to today's Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles, and I'm joined by Peter Franklin. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Peter. So today we are discussing an Unpacked uh, that was on the website, Peter, entitled When Eggheads Are Bigger Idiots Than Meatheads, which... I mean, separate from having a fantastic headline, it's actually rather intriguing because I would interpret that as meaning that experts are actually bigger idiots than those of us who perhaps have less knowledge. This is in relation to debate over science-based issues. So things like, say, climate change, GM crops, various digital issues like artificial intelligence, things like that, where you'd think that to have a really good debate, you need people that really know the science. Perhaps not, you know, experts, as in professional scientists, but, you know, if it's general members of the public or politicians debating these issues, you'd expect that an open, honest debate would depend on a reasonable grounding in the facts and figures, except that they find that people are more stubbornly wedded to polarised viewpoints on these issues if they know quite a lot about them. So the the people that I, I very unfairly described as meatheads, i.e. those that really are just don't know much about about the science were actually more open-minded than the ones actually knew that had read into the subject and this is fascinating so this is a piece that you um, were unpacking in the scientific american and sort of i suppose the the phrase in your unpack peter uh, that kind of summarized it for me was you say a little knowledge is a dangerous thing but it would seem that a lot of knowledge is even worse yes which is quite depressing in a, in a way because there's a lot of people say, oh, we need to educate the public about these topics. Otherwise, they won't engage or they won't engage in a sufficiently sort of broad-minded way. But that doesn't appear to be the case, which is kind of depressing. And so the, the piece that you were unpacking was saying that as ordinary members of the public acquire more scientific knowledge and become more adept at scientific reasoning they don't converge on the best evidence relating to controversial policy relevant facts so like those topics that you were saying at the start peter instead they become even more culturally polarized so essentially what does that mean it means that the more i read and the more i understand the more i can use that to prove the position i want to prove Yes, and um, that's particularly bad for some of these scientific issues like climate change, where you really do need consensus if society is to commit itself to long-term actions that would be necessary to deal with the problem. You know, in, in some ways, that's even worse than, say, economic issues, where you can try something for five years, and if that doesn't work, try something else. There is a little bit of a kind of sign of hope here, isn't there? And that's around curiosity rather than knowledge yes when the same people that have done this research into does knowledge help the debate no it doesn't they separately looked at um the degree to which people are curious have curiosity about scientific knowledge are willing to be surprised by facts and actually take some pleasure in discovering something new which is sort of the definition of open-mindedness right yes you would think so and indeed it showed that people that did have this high level of scientific curiosity they were willing to converge on facts because when they come across evidence that contradicts 
a previously held opinion. They didn't see that as some sort of catastrophe. In fact, you know, to some extent, um, they were kind of delighted by it. And this has a broader extension than just the science world. Because actually, I think if we were all a little bit more curious about each other and each other's worldviews, then we would probably be a bit more accepting of difference. Yes, even if we weren't willing to agree with someone else, you know, you still say, we have our legitimate differences between us. You could actually find those differences interesting, intriguing, rather than threatening. And that can be that more positive mindset can be the basis for compromise agreement where it's where you can and not just dividing the country into sort of warring tribes even though just having the curiosity to try and understand why somebody would be so, saying you know not, yes. not even to converge on a kind of point of consensus but just to be able to be curious enough to want to understand why someone holds a different view to you. Exactly. Yes, and 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 you see that actually, yes, they've got, they've come to it through entirely sort of good faith arguments. You know, even if you think they're wrong, then at least you can accept that they can be wrong for the right reasons, and that really does make life um, and political life a lot less horrible really to, to, to put it simply that actually you're not dealing with people that have embraced evil they've just monsters on the other side yes, they've just embraced a different perspective they've come at it from a different direction they may have made some mistakes but then so might you you know even if that's not a basis for complete agreement it's a basis for i think a happier relationship for a greater a, humanity and a more yeah a more united country And it's interesting, um, Peter, that in The Unpacked, you draw some conclusions, let's say, about not what we should be doing, therefore, to to kind of promote this, but you identify the things that we perhaps shouldn't be doing. Yes. And one of those things specifically, which, you know, I think would be fair to say is curtailing curiosity, is what's happening on some university campuses and and with some sort of student activists. Mm. Well, for instance, if people that research brain differences between men and women, of which there are some, if you do sort of in any way say that there there are, that can be interpreted, for instance, as saying, oh, that means that whatever sort of subservient women uh, position women have been put into, that's not because of prejudice or power games, a sort of dominant sexist attitude. It's because... Well, that's what they're suited for. They've got that position in society because that's all their brains have made them fit for. No, that's not necessarily the case at all. And you can research biological differences between the sexes and still, at the same time, absolutely accept that they should be fully equal and have exactly the same rights. Of course you can. And the the kind of flip side to that interpretation that you you just um, articulated there could be a response on campus that says we absolutely mustn't be talking about any biological difference because you know that is in some way sexist in itself and and therefore you know it taps into this idea of we need safe spaces and we might you know there's certain subjects which are taboo and we shouldn't talk about which is also hampering curiosity absolutely there should be no taboo scientific subjects something is either experimentally provable or it's not and that should be the only criterion another area that i think we're going wrong is when it's 
stuff like astrology or homeopathy, which I've got no time for at all. I don't want to see a sort of hugely, a huge overreaction to that, to see people campaigning to get rid of astrology columns in, in newspapers. Yeah, I think they're complete and utter rubbish. But the idea that this is somehow holding back science is ridiculous. And I think it's much better instead of lecturing people on pseudoscience is just to give them the kind of tools to analyse things for themselves and not sort of um, launch latter-day witch hunts. Because again, that is catastrophizing being wrong when actually we should allow people to be wrong and create an intellectual atmosphere in which they can discover that they're wrong about something or rethink the errors in their thought processes without thinking they've been completely destroyed, to use that sort of great Twitter word. You know, you should be able to lose an argument without losing a part of yourself. And I think we should all lose arguments sometimes, and all of us should have to rethink something in the light of the evidence. Well, there we go. We hope that our listeners are curious uh, and our readers of Unheard are curious. I think that's a fantastic note to end on that, that, you know, this is not about destroying someone else, but actually about being interested enough to have genuine debate and accept where actually there might be better arguments put forward. And wouldn't the world be a better place if we could accept that, Peter? Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed that Unpacked Short. Thank you, Peter, as always. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. And of course, do check out Confessions, our new podcast presented by Giles Fraser, where he talks to distinguished and incredibly interesting guests about what makes them tick. (laughs) 